Hi, I'm Nell McShane Wolfhart. I've spent over a decade helping people make big choices and improve their lives in the process. In my new Audible original, The Decision Coach, you'll get a front row seat to real-time decision-making. I coach people through the toughest choices they're facing, showing them how to get unstuck and move forward. Each session is filled with plenty of actionable, useful tips to help you get better at making decisions in your own life. Go to audible.com forward slash decisions to binge all six episodes and find more inspiring listens by signing up for a free trial. Again, that's audible.com forward slash decisions. So they caked me up with like Crayola paint. Like they painted my face and put me in like a rainbow leotard, um, gave me like a rainbow bob. And I came out and I gave this drag contest like everything it was worth. I was like dropping into the split. I was shaking ass. I was jumping into the audience. I like crawled on the floor during like the bikini portion. This is Max. And if he were a Marvel superhero, this would be his origin story. (laughs) And it was like the first time I performed in like front of a giant group of people. And I just felt so alive and like so viscerally like just in my bag. Like I was like, this is what I need to be doing, like performance. Max had just graduated from high school when he ended up on stage at an event called, I kid you not, the Woodstock Fruit Festival. It bills itself as the world's largest all-inclusive raw vegan retreat. And Max walked away with the Miss Woodstock crown. He'd already taken some dance classes, but this was the moment when he thought, I'm going to be a star. Now, six years later, Max is a working dancer. He's not famous, but he is performing for a living. But he's also struggling with uncertainty about how to take his career to the next level. When I tell you I'm like such a back and forth bitch, I'm always like, wow, a new opportunity. I'm going to say yes. And then I'm like, wait, but what about all the things I'm going to miss out on at home? Like, I like go back and forth and walk myself in and out of decisions. And my, my problem is I need to commit. First off, I'm trademarking back and forth bitch. Now, that back and forth, should I, shouldn't I, needing to commit, it's not just something that comes up in creative fields like dance. A lot of people struggle with this feeling when it comes to their career moves. And that's where I come in. Max has two major career opportunities in front of him. Should he stay in Los Angeles for a dream job that's not a sure thing? Or should he sign a contract for a solid gig, a year of dancing in a Las Vegas show? It's like me like throwing darts. So it's like it's like a really risky gameplay to stay in L.A. because it's just like... I could hit a bullseye and I could be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I stayed. Or I could just be throwing darts all day long. And then like a year later, I'm just still throwing darts. And that's like what I'm scared of. Today, I'm going to help Max decide. When should you go all in on a dream? And when should you play it safe? I'm Nell McShane Wolfhart, professional decision maker. And this is The Decision Coach. We're a few years past the fruit festival now, and Max is 24. He's living in Los Angeles and working as a dancer. Nothing full-time, but he's pulling together a living. He's done everything from dancing on cruise ships 
to playing Chewbacca in a Star Wars-themed burlesque show. And he thinks a lot about how these gigs will affect his bank balance. My parents were just so broke when I grew up. Like, from, like, eight years on, not having money to, like, buy clothes and not having money to ever eat out or, like, do really anything that, like, my peers in the suburbs of Chicago, like, they had in-ground pools. And I was, like, living in, like, an apartment building. So I have always kind of prioritized that for me, like, I'm not going to be broke. The 2008 recession was tough on Max's family, which made him very cautious when it comes to money. He decided against a four-year college. His parents couldn't pay for it, and he was terrified of taking out giant loans. So he raced through a community college degree and graduated a year early. He's frugal, a good saver, and he knows how to hustle. I'm, like, really good at, like, shaking my ass, <laughs> jumping in the splits. Like, like that kind of, like, party dancing, like, creating, like, a club atmosphere. That's, like, my bread and butter because I learned how to dance in the club because, shit, that's free. It sounds like you could be one of those bar mitzvah hype guys. I was. Oh, my gosh. Oh, really? You read me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was an odd job I did. <laughs> wow. Good career counseling. And while he's the first person invited to every party, Max also takes his future very seriously. I have a book called I Will Teach You To Be Rich. So, you know, very cut and dry and to the point. And I've just always been fascinated with the idea. And I always think that if I can just take one step today towards financial freedom, then one day I will be able to retire, unlike most of the generation above us. Max has a busy creative life in L.A., he wrote and produced his own movie, he's going on acting auditions, and he's picking up dance gigs through friends. One of them introduced him to a choreographer. And so, of course, I showed up and showed out and said, hey, girl, what's up? I shook hands, signed the babies, and I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm Max, I'm a dancer, and I, I showed him a little something in the club because I'm not afraid to do that. The choreographer liked what he saw. And then... Um, like a week later, he was like, hey, my artist needs like another couple of dancers. Um, would you be down? And I was like, of course, let's do it. The artist's name is Rhea Raj. Max immediately fell in love with her vibe and her music. It's a catchy blend of global pop and hip hop. And he's not alone. Rhea's starting to sell out shows, though she's still far from a household name. Max, ever the go-getter, starts dancing with Rhea and he loves it. They do a sold-out show, opening up for a big K-pop artist. And I was like, wow, like the energy on that stage was amazing. The whole team behind this artist was amazing. They invited me to like 4th of July at their place. I was like, wow, I really like feel this connection with this artist. And I was like, so what are we going to do? Are we going to go on tour? Like, Because I'm trying to make money off this. Like, what are we doing? There's talk of a global tour, and Max is in. He thinks Rhea is going to make it big, and he wants to be there. Then, as he's waiting for an update, there's a twist. Max's agent asks him to go on an open call audition for a job in Las Vegas. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do an open call. This is like a lot of people. It's for like some Vegas gig. I don't know. And then I showed up and then I really ate it up and did really well in the choreo. And I like fell in love with it as I was doing it and was like, oh, I'm really good at this. He gets a call back. They wanted, like, a really fancy suit vibe and, like, very elegant, like, 1950s kind of character, but burlesque. So I was like, okay, let me get a haircut, let me get some fresh earrings, let me get a three-piece suit, and I'm going to dance in the three-piece suit to show them that I can do the job. And I showed up in the suit, their jaws were dropped, they were gagged, gooped, gawked, and 
I did it, and then I was like, no way in hell I did not book that job. But then he got a call. He had booked that job. Backup dancer, performing three days a week, making three grand a month. It's a big deal. Pull out all the stops, Vegas show. So the residency is for um, a burlesque performer called Dita Bontis. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah, okay, so familiar. Um, But she um, has a residency that will be going on for a year to up to three years. But my contract is basically for a year. So that's like a long time for a Gemini like me to be cooped up somewhere. Max, being 24, had not heard of Dita Vontese before this audition. But you might have. She's a burlesque dancer in the classical sense. No Chewbacca costumes on her stage. And she's credited with reviving the burlesque tradition in a big way. She has her own lingerie line and perfumes, and now, this Vegas residency. So when Max got the Dita offer, he was torn. Pack up his three-piece suit and take it to Vegas? Or stay in L.A. in the hopes that the Rhea Raj gig came through? If she was heading off to perform all over the world and he was stuck in a year-long contract in Vegas, he was going to regret it. But Rhea's tour was still at the talking about it stage and not the booking plane tickets stage. Okay, I want to go back to this potential tour and this work with this up-and-coming artist in L.A. Mm-hmm. Are they in contact with you often? Do you get the sense preparations are being made? I did when we first started. Like, when we first were performing, we had, like, a lot of energy and a lot of and stuff. But it's kind of, you know, things take time. And, like, you never really know what things are going with, like, independent artists. Like, they just move things all the time. Like, oh, never mind, that performance is canceled. Oh, oh, we just got funding. Oh, we're going to do that. Max knows this is just how the industry works. But recently, Rhea's team canceled a gig, which made him nervous. So... That kind of made me nervous because I was like, they booked me for one gig and they were like, we want to work with you more often. And then the next gig was like a sold out show. And I was like, wow, like you guys like talk the talk and then walk the walk. And then now I'm like, oh, like now I've like seen you guys like cancel a gig on me. Like, oh, like that doesn't feel great. And like, I don't like, and Mm -hmm. I hate waiting for people when they cancel because then I'm like, wow, Max, you made the dumb decision. Like you relied on these people and like they don't owe you anything. Like most of my clients, when Max called me, he was on a tight deadline to decide. He had just two weeks to figure out which path to take. So now I'm kind of like, if I miss my window and leave this artist in L.A., who knows if they're going to like blow up and do this stuff that they've been telling me about. But this Vegas kind of guaranteed, but it's also like separating me from like my film industry and like kind of my whole life setup in L.A. Max has big dreams. When I asked him to sketch out his future, to tell me what his ideal life would look like, he told me he wants to be on television, to own property, to be famous as an actor or choreographer or dancer. He dreams of having a platform that will allow him to amplify queer voices. In the next year, he wants to get his website up and running so potential clients can see all the things he does. He wants to be working on a second film. He wants to be honing his craft and moving forward. A lot of my anxiety and like dystopian views will like be like, I haven't created something in like three weeks. Oh my God, I'm never going to create anything ever. And my legacy will go to shambles. Like, so (laughs) I like, that's one of my biggest fears. So I like want this year to be like, I want to actually be getting better at things, not just like relying on like where I'm at now. 
Max has some ambitious goals. So which option is going to help him get there? Sometimes I feel like I'm like, I have to be in L.A. because everything's moving so fast and I have to like be in the, in the mix of things. But then I'll leave L.A. for like a couple months and I'll come back and I'm like, oh, so like none of y'all did anything? Okay. Like, <laughs> I, so why was I stressing? Like, right. You just like hit the pause button when you left the city and then unpaused it when you got back. Yeah, because it's like my journey. So it's like it really doesn't continue without me. It's just like that weird FOMO feeling. Max has FOMO about leaving L.A., worried that something big might happen while he's in Vegas. And he thinks being part of Rhea's rise could be his big break. I think that perception is everything in L.A. So, like, being able to be with an artist, like, even when I just had the one sold-out performance with this artist, like, people just see you as more of a professional. And people are like, wow, like, you're performing, you're doing all these gigs. So then, like, more people have trust in you and faith in you to, like, hit you up. And then you kind of have leverage in this capacity, like, to be like, hey, I'm already doing this really cool thing. Like, don't you want to be a part of, like, the train that I'm on? But doesn't that kind of come with Didavantes also? Uh, I, I think that I might be a little bit ignorant with that because um, Dita Von Teese, like a lot of people I know don't know Dita Von Teese, So I've been telling a lot of people about it, like my friends, and they're like, oh, who? But I know that she is factually big and has that. So I guess you're right. I guess you kind of got me there. Max's situation is pretty common. Okay, not everyone is deciding whether or not to perform on a Las Vegas stage, but this kind of decision, to take a sure thing or keep your fingers crossed for something better, is one people wrestle with all the time. And the right answer isn't always the obvious one. Max, the back-and-forth bitch, is still wondering, should he commit to a year-long job that would eliminate his ability to travel the world with a pop star? Or should he turn down the secure gig, keep cobbling together work, and wait for the phone to ring? I love Dita Von Teese. I've known about her forever, and she puts on an incredible, incredible show. Max is all about his career. So I called up someone who has a career Max would kill to have, Maya Taylor. Maya is a professional choreographer whose career spans film, TV, and music videos. And she has great advice for anyone embarking on a creative career. Also, like me, she thinks a good starting place for Max would be to learn a little more about Dita. We have to do our research, though. That's the thing, (laughs) you know? Like, I'm very, in my work, like, even... When I'm up for a TV show or a film, I research every single person that I can that I know I'm going to be directly working with. This approach has helped Maya go from struggling artist to landing major gigs with pop stars like Kelly Rowland and brands like Adidas. But her breakout moment was choreographing Solange Knowles' music video for Don't Touch My Hair. She took a chance on me to bring me onto that. And we've worked together for years. And if she called me in the middle of, well, I would I would respectfully finish the podcast, but I would also leave and be like, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> Thankfully, Maya did not get a call from Solange while we talked. Instead, she shared some advice for Max, starting with the basics. Her first pearl of wisdom? A dance career begins with training. But the studio is not just where you go to learn. It's where you network. 
if I'm standing there and someone's standing next to me and I, you know, we're just like waiting for everyone to roll, I'm going to say hi to you. I'm going to say hi. Like, what do you do? I'm so interested in what everyone on set is doing. And that is really beneficial because people will remember you. They're like, oh my gosh, that was the choreographer that was on our set. Max is already a pro at showing up with a smile. And he seizes every opportunity to network, whether it's reaching out to people on social media or chatting up celebrities outside his gym. But Max has entered new terrain when it comes to this decision. Because instead of asking for something, he's going to have to turn someone down, either saying no to Dita or telling Rhea he wasn't going to be around for a tour. I asked Maya about this, how to say no to someone with grace. And she told me about a time when she was offered a dream opportunity with Vogue magazine. The only catch was that she had just signed on to a different gig, and she couldn't make both work. In my mind, I had a thought of, oh my gosh, should I say I can't do this other job and go do the Vogue job because it's like so exciting and something I've always dreamed of. But however, being the professional I am, I was like, that would look really bad and really terrible if I left this job that I already said yes to. And so I had to turn down Vogue. And I had a friend that, you know, I told him my dilemma and he he was like, people love it when you turn them down. And I was like, what? I, was like, I don't know if that's true, but sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to turn something down, but you want to do it in the most respectful, wonderful way that you can. And so I did. I said, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity, but I'm booked on another job that week in New York and I hope to work with you again in the future. In the world of dance, and actually in almost any creative career or freelancing sphere, staying on good terms is key to making sure people remember you down the line. Maya was eventually offered another gig with Vogue. And as far as Max's situation goes, she suggests that it's less important where he ends up than how he maintains and cultivates his professional relationships. If he decides in his gut feeling that going to Vegas with Dita is what he wants to do for this next year, he should still work to keep in contact with whoever is choreographing or directing or the artist of the other group. Because things can change all the time. The residency seems more stable. You have guaranteed work. Whereas if they're still kind of figuring out things on the tour, you know, it could be a year before they actually start going, or it could be six months and they start rehearsing, and maybe he could talk to them about going back and forth and figuring out if he can do both things at the same time. Max's decision doesn't just come down to which job to take. Making a choice like this will affect every aspect of his life, from friends to housing to how he spends his free time. I am worried about being lonely in Vegas because my last contract was in San Diego and I was in like a one bedroom, like tiny house situation. And it was exactly like my worst nightmare in terms of like community. Like the energy of that cast was not, was not my favorite and I just felt really alone. If you're making a job decision that involves a relocation, I'd advise you to remember that where you live is just as important as your job. Friends, Family, sports teams, your gym, your pottery studio. These are the things that make up a life, not just work. If you love where you live now, a new job should be mind-bogglingly good to get you to leave. Luckily, in Max's case, he's not looking at a move straight across the country. He might even be able to commute. 
So Vegas and L.A. are not all that far apart. Is there a world in which you spend half the week in Vegas doing your shows and then you spend half the week in L.A. working on other stuff? That's very much my brand because I'm so chaotic that I would be like very half in, half out. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And I did think about that. I, I looked up flight tickets and it was like 50 bucks to fly Back and forth. I mean, given it's on spirit, and that's a hell hole in itself. But I mean, if it's for an hour, like yeah, so you can wear three pairs of pants on top of each other. I always do. Come on. Um. <laughs> we talked about what else Max could do with his time outside of work. If he takes a Vegas job, he won't be making too much money, but he'll have a lot of free time, and a friend has already offered him a free place to stay. If he stays in LA, he'll need to get a job to supplement his income until the phone rings. So he's thinking about working as a personal trainer. And what I sort of want to put in front of you is the idea that, like, if you're using your time well to work on a bunch of different things, which it sounds to me like you know how to do, then either one of these choices will be fine. If you're working in Vegas Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you still have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to, like, build your career in other ways. That's a lot of time. And if you're in L.A. and you're sort of like biding your time, waiting to see if this happens and maybe doing the personal training or whatever, like you're still going to have a lot of time. So when we talk about your other goals, goals that are not related to either this tour or this burlesque gig, which place does it make more sense to pursue those those goals in? I was floating this idea with my friend who lives in Vegas who he trains to do like a lot of aerial stuff and like a lot of gymnastics and that's been a goal of mine mm. for a while is doing my round off back handspring and that's been kind of like a side quest for a while and so mm-hmm. um, I was definitely looking into like getting a community out in Vegas and learning like more kind of like body tricks because there's a lot of performers out there like crazy type performers so now that you say it out loud I feel like I have this idea of L.A. that like I'm like going to be creating all these projects with people in L.A., but realistically, I feel like I meet people and everybody's so busy in their own lane, it's really hard to find collaboration. So now that you say that, I feel like people in Vegas might like, I might find like a more, a better community to kind of like have time to work on these things. I am rarely a fan of waiting around, especially when you're not sure you're going to get the thing you want. And especially, especially when it's someone else's decision. We can't control everything in our lives. Far from it. But I always encourage action over inaction. Max could stay in L.A., work a regular job at a gym, and wait for Rhea to call, if she ever does. Or he could get his career moving on his own. Wow, you really painted, like, two timelines for me. And I see one, like, the L.A. timeline really sounds so drab and sad. Like, I literally picture myself, like, scrounging for, like, bills to, like, pay my rent. And, like, in Vegas, I'm, like, I'm, like, (laughs) happy and, like, I'm performing and, like, doing all my skills. Like, wow, no, you're completely right. Is like, I think that taking that, like, that um, into my own hands and being, like, I'm going to commit to making this year about leveling myself up so then even if that tour goes on without me it is like uh okay like whatever i'm just getting better 100 percent. and and honestly i'm just taking what you told me and telling it back to you like you you literally used the phrase why am i here and you said my career is more important than the club (laughs) um you know and that you hate waiting around for people so i'm just saying that like from your perspective it seems to me in a way that like you can really go into this next year like a you have this solid gig getting paid to dance in vegas at a residency for a famous person which is already amazing right and then you have the opportunity 
opportunity to really level up everything else. Preaching to the choir, girl. Give me my sermon. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And I, yeah, you really just spit it back at me. You really like were like, let me just like reflect on what you said, which is really helpful because then I, like, it's not like you're just giving me like some biased point of view that you have. Like, I feel like everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I like, it makes sense from my perspective. Here's one of my top decision-making secrets. You can make almost any decision the right one by focusing your efforts and energy on the reasons why you made the decision. If you decide not to have kids because you want to be free of responsibility and travel the world, make sure to travel the world. If you decide to take a stressful but well-paid job because you want to retire early, you better save that money and retire early. Max was giving up a potential opportunity to work with an artist he loved. So to make that sacrifice worth it, he had to make sure to maximize what he was getting out of the Vegas opportunity. That way, even if the tour headed off without him, he could look back at his decision as a good one. When it comes to your own decisions, sometimes there's no wrong answer, only a wrong approach. The way you take action can turn even the toughest choice into the right one. I knew Max had been on a tight deadline to make this decision. Rehearsals in Vegas would start in two weeks, and Rhea might reach out any day. So about a month and a half after our session, I checked in to see where he had ended up. So tell me, where in the world are you speaking to us from? Ironically enough, I'm speaking to you from L.A. on a trip. I'm uh, like just a five-day weekend visiting L.A. He's visiting L.A. because he moved to Vegas. Max followed through on our decision. He packed up his Prius, drove to Nevada, and has been working nine-hour days rehearsing for the big show with Dita. He's putting all his dance experience to good use, performing in a very glamorous, classic Vegas-style costume. The feathers are about, like, six feet wide, and then the headpiece is about, like, another, like, foot high off of your head. And so you're, like, balancing all these contraptions while trying to look like you're doing absolutely nothing, like being absolutely effortless, a little angel. Have you gotten a chance to meet Dita Von Teese? Oh yeah, me and Dita, me and Dita actually kick it a lot. Like she's really into my hairy chest, which is a vibe. Like she just, <laughs> I did a strip tease and she just loved, was like, I love your hairy chest. And I was like, thank you. Like she's very open about what she likes aesthetically. So things are going well for Max in Vegas. I asked for an update on the situation with Rhea. Had the world tour happened without him? Oh my gosh. Just thank God I made the decision I did because she has been performing. Turns out Rhea is working with a smaller number of dancers now. And so far, there's no tour. Not that it's good to see because obviously I wish her all the success, but it's just like validating to be like, yeah, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I'm so glad that I didn't turn down an opportunity for like the chance of like a maybe. Deciding between maybes and sure things? There are no hard and fast rules here. Sometimes a decision seems so obvious to an outsider, but you just can't see it. Or you just need to feel your way there yourself. We all have decision quandaries like this. Especially when you're still figuring out your path, every opportunity can feel unmissable. Besides, sometimes a maybe is really worth waiting for. But when a thrilling opportunity is on the horizon, 
it becomes easy to lose sight of practicalities and even easier to start seeing it as a dream come true. And don't even get me started on the idea of a dream job. If you're caught between a sure thing and a maybe, do what Max did. First, be honest with yourself about the chances of the dream coming true. Then look to see if the sure thing can also help you get to your long-term goals, even if it might take you on a different path than the dream gig. And finally, when you've made your choice, put all your energy into making it work for you. You might even find that you've turned a sure thing into something even dreamier than the maybe. I would love to perform and like be back in LA and like I look forward to like coming back to LA, but in the same breath, I'm like, this is a chapter that I think I really do have to go through and is gonna be really character forming and it has already been character forming for me. So I'm just overall grateful over missing out because I feel like nothing will ever miss me that is meant for me. on the next episode of The Decision Coach. Now 33 women have died, so it's gone from 6 to 33, and I'm like, well, wait a minute, this has happened since they knew about it, so why are these women still dying? I help someone make a life-altering medical decision. That's next. <laughs> 